Freestyle. Anyway, follow him at Wibbit Wabbit. Um, you can also buy his stuff on iTunes. Uh, anyway, I am uh, to my right. I have Cynthia Gayton, and we are here for Art on the Blockchain. Um, this is episode 10. We have Crypto Graffiti in the house today. Uh, if you're not familiar with Crypto Graffiti, well, guess what? You're gonna get familiar because uh, we hope to get a lot of answers out of him. Um, he's a uh, done like the hodl sculpture that uh, mm-hmm. like a love sculpture kind of remake uh he's just sold that jamie diamond piece for tens of thousands of dollars with a bitcoin and I th- did he do that with Verisart? i think so we also uh we'll talk to him get into a lot of stuff that he's hopefully he'll uh, let us in on what's going on maybe he's a mysterious figure and he'll just answer everything as yes and no who knows Motherfucker say what? um when i texted him earlier he said uh wait, he said uh, we make parties so yep that's what we're gonna do that's what we're gonna do make some parties but yeah it's been an interesting week uh last couple weeks since we put out the last podcast which was our greatest listen podcast yeah got a lot of good feedback it's the fastest more people were listening to that earlier so that we're really pleased with that so thank you so much for for listening yeah don't be afraid to uh leave some comments on the itunes thing and help bump us up too um we're also uh if anybody wants to do some custom sponsorship or anything like that for your uh product we can uh put together a stupid commercial for you maybe people (laughs) will be intrigued Hit us up on that. All our information at the bottom of the podcast. Um, I am at Squirrela Ventura on the uh, Twitter and at the Squillionaire on Instagram and Cynthia. At Squizzy. S-Q-U-I-Z-Z-I. That's DJ Squizzy to my right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so interesting. Anyway, we're going to get to the interview soon and we want to get to first Cynthia Gaten's Top 5. Five. Number one. So crypto art business is booming. Uh, this time last year, looking at this space, there wasn't a lot going on in terms of sales, monetary value of the art. There were obviously some some uh, folks who've been around for a while and have been able to sell their work, but this is this has been a banner year so far for art sales. So the first thing is on Valentine's Day, just a couple days ago, 10 investors put up $100,000 each for a total of a million dollars for the Forever Rose as part of a charitable event sponsored by Gifto or Gift2, which work with artist photographer Kevin Abosh. According to their website, Gifto is a decentralized universal gifting platform. So they are catering to and a specific audience with regard to uh, charitable events so that's pretty cool there are actually quite a few of those popping up now so this is this is a cool thing uh so there's lots of interesting elements to this 
purchase. First thing was there was a ballot to determine which 10 collectors would purchase the rose, so you had to vote on the uh, the collectors. Second, the token was an ERC-20 token called Rose. So if you want to check that out, you can see um, all the transactions related to this purchase. And third, most of the investors were businesses with only two individuals as investors. One of them was anonymous. And fourth, all the proceeds from the sale will be donated to the Coder Dojo Foundation. So that was all pretty cool. Um, and we have links to uh, this event and related information on at the bottom of the of the page. And mm -hmm. next, next thing, number two, Lixar IT Inc. launched the Megaphone phone music, music app on February 5th in advance of a music showcase festival in Ottawa, which ran from February 8th to 10th this year where users could download the Megaphono app, listen to music, and reward musicians with Litecoin for each song played. So this is a direct, you know, opportunity for, for you're at the event, you can tip the musicians right away. And it was a particular coin. Do they have to have Litecoin to tip him? Like, do you have to have the Litecoin on your It looks phone like or you tip them with Litecoin. It didn't give you options, so it might have been a So everybody, everybody came with a wallet loaded with some Litecoin in it, or they got it there or something, you know? I think so. Mm -hmm. it, had, it had to work that way. So according to the festival website, it's the first ever, ever contextual audio app that allows you to listen to the bands playing the festival and rewards those bands in Litecoin when their songs are listened to on the app. So it's very, very, very specific, but I'm sure it was a great test. Um, Lixar augmented their L-W-A-Y-V-E contextual audio software with a blockchain-based royalty payment system. Each song fully plays, so this is another interesting thing. It's, it, the entire song would have to be played in order for Litecoin to be distributed to the band. It's gonna be ver verified on the blockchain, so that there's full transparency. That, I thought that was very cool and a very public public event where uh, artists could get paid with Litecoin. So I thought it was cool. Number three. Uh, there's going to be a blockchain cryptocurrency revolution in art number two held in New York City March 15th from 6 to 10 at Bureau HQ. Featuring some of the awesome people we met at the Rare Digital Art Festival, including Bia Ramos, Judy Mam of out of New York City, and Tommy Nicholas of Rare Art Labs, along with co-founder and CEO of Mural, John Watkinson, co-creator of CryptoPunks and Larva Labs. So that's pretty cool. So check it out. I'm sure it's going to be a good time. They're getting some pretty decent attendance up there in, um, in New York. When is that? Um, March 15th, Whoa. 6 to 10. Sweet. Shout out to all them, by the way. Good yeah. people. Uh, artists exhibiting at Satoshi Roundtable. This is another kind of cool thing that's happening. Is that artists are at these at these uh, crypto events, it, it uh, and they're relate and they're actually in the crypto space. So that's very cool. Uh, including today's guest, Crypto Graffiti. We'll post links to some of the arts featured at the Roundtable. It's held in Cancun, Mexico, from uh, February 5th to the 8th of this year. Crypto Graffiti successfully auctioned Terrible Store of Value, which is the title, which featured the infamous Jamie Dimon, who famously called Bitcoin a terrible store of value. The piece made of repurposed credit cards and acrylic on, used bank safe, on a used bank safety deposit box was sold for $33,002. Yep. And Jamie Dimon is the head of uh, JP Morgan, so anybody needs to know. And they actually just put something out. Like, the, like a couple of days ago where they've been anti-Bitcoin forever, forever. The company. And they said, uh, you know what? You investors should probably get into Bitcoin. 
Because we just, you know, we, we flooded it enough where we could buy it up, and now you, it's your turn. Yeah. That's uh, so how the never, tables turn. That's why we don't do banks play. Uh, in addition, Alex Brenwin made a crypto uh, art piece specifically for the event, which depicts a crypto-themed version of King Arthur's Knights of the Round Table. So that's kind of cool, too. So we have uh, some images that, you know, some links to images for you to check out. This is something I've been looking at for for a while. I always I, I love puzzles, so the puzzle was solved. Crypto artist Marguerite de Corcel created a puzzle with fellow artist Rob Myers to conclude a series of Bitcoin puzzles called The Legend of Satoshi Nakamoto. According to de Corcel, you use the key, which has bits of information in in the piece itself. Um, is basically a cipher key to decrypt the flames, and you'll then have a Bitcoin private key. It said in the article that I have linked to. The person who solved the puzzle um, solved it on February 1st, 2018, and was released $50,000 worth of Bitcoin in bounty. Is this the one that uh, YT Coin Artist did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. We got to get her on the show and talk about that. She's, that was, she's got a new project out, too. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was lot of a lot of interest in that so took a while but finally solved and those are my that, top five. that took years yeah it's been out for i think it was, was it 2013 2014 i think yeah so that's pretty incredible um congratulations you you did it so yeah that's the news that's the news awesome um all right well yeah we're uh we're gonna get into this uh interview with crypto graffiti then stand by Check one, check two, 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 two. All right, we got Crypto Graffiti on the phone live from San Francisco, California. Welcome. Hey, hey, hey. I'm actually doing, uh, have you seen those soundboards, like the celebrities where they'll take pieces of their interviews and like turn them into like a, like a YouTube clip? Mm-hmm. Like Schwarzenegger and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on one with... Uh, the big connect guy, so he's kind of top of mind right now. Oh, oh that's no. awesome. That's a fucking scam. Anyway, th- thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I think what you guys are doing is cool. So, uh, I heard one of your your past episodes with Jason, mm-hmm. and um, you know I saw art plus blockchain. Like I'm into those things. Yeah, like to support. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on here. Uh, we said at the beginning of the podcast when we were introducing that we've got the legendary crypto graffiti on here. And uh, anybody not familiar, you know, just all you gotta do is go to cryptograffiti.com, and you know he's got the about. He's got his fine art, his street art merchandise and all that stuff and he has the quality merchandise quality art and uh you just sold a piece um a jamie diamond we just in our top five news actually we mentioned that was one of our topics a piece that you you took what i guess you took uh credit cards or debit cards cut them up and created jamie diamond on a safety deposit box and maybe you could tell us a little bit about that process yeah um that was a piece, uh, you know, I tend to use uh, repurposed banking materials in my work. Uh, it's been a theme sort of throughout a lot of the pieces that I've made. And um, I've always wanted to do one 
that was Diamond has kind of been one of the most outspoken figures, and I've learned actually in, in making this this piece and talking to some uh, other uh, kind of bigger crypto names about it that that he's he's actively behind the scenes trying to like shut down exchanges, and so sort of made my efforts here even more warranted. Uh, he sort of infamously called Bitcoin a scam. Um, or a fraud, excuse me, mm-hmm. and also a terrible store of value over the years. And so I wanted to do something that was sort of my rebuttal of sorts to, to some of his commentary. CEO Demon said, JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Demon has taken a shot at Bitcoin, the virtual currency, saying the cryptocurrency is a fraud. CEO Demon said, Bitcoin is just not a real thing and eventually it will be closed down. The piece itself is actually a store of value. It has a, uh, um, a public address, and so you can use it to store your Bitcoin uh, to prove that it, you know, Bitcoin is not a store of value or not a terrible store of value, uh, nor is this piece. Uh, so sort of a dual function there. Um, and then also the, the piece is, is registered on the blockchain with Verisart, and so it's uh, a way of, of proving that this is... Um, not fraudulent. This particular work was made by me, and as I'm sure you guys are well aware, there's there's a, a lot of startups in the space that are trying to address this issue of fraud and mm-hmm. and uh, provenance in the art world. So, Absolutely. Yeah, um, that particular. I've done a lot of work with credit cards in the past, and it's not the most fun uh, uh, medium in general because of a uh, um, just kind of messy and you know it's these these are used credit cards you kind of keep where i get them close to the vest but you know so yeah, that's, dirty, uh, that was going to be a question of mine is how the hell did you get all these credit cards yeah because you have the consistent colors the colors are consistent it's not like a random you just happen uh, to find some credit cards on the street kind of thing well <laughs> say my my fico score sucks no, <laughs> um <laughs> Not a trade secret, but uh, <laughs> just not respect. Not respect. a uh, a fun medium because they are dirty and they're just kind of all over the place. And there's like this, depending on the type of car, there's like plastic on top of them, and so it's uh, they're just not fun to deal with. But yeah. uh, this particular piece, these Chase Sapphire cards. I don't know if either of you've ever had one of these, but there's metal in the sandwich in between the plastic. Oh, jeez. Normally, I can just blend these up. I just use a blender and um, or a, a, a wood chipper to cut up the cards. Hmm. Um, but that metal just changes everything. It, it uh, basically you have to use like tin snips, and then and then every time you you cut, make one cut, pieces go flying, and then they're sharp. And so, oh, it was just a pain. There's pieces all over the house and in the dog's hair and stuff. It was just no no good. <laughs> so, so you picked it uh, for the color. Yeah, I wanted to go. Um, just, I wanted to use Chase cards on the piece, and then yeah, the color too. But it was for his. Those those cards were for his suit, and so I mean, he look dapper in a nice navy blue suit, I guess. Yeah, that was a really cool idea. I actually, uh, I, I logged in like with an hour left to bid, and uh, the bids were so high. I was like, oh shit, this is just <laughs> crazy. And then like the last hour, the I, I feel like it double or triple their price people are just outbidding each other for it um what was the final sale price of that uh it did it ended up being um pretty pretty popular yeah and i had a lot of different people bidding and then this service that i use uh bidify they have like an auto bid feature and so 
Um, the second time I've used them, I used them for this, uh, Nakam- this Dorian Nakamoto piece a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, same thing. There's a few people that really wanted the work that were just using this auto bid feature that really helped drive the price up. It looked like somebody was sniping. Um, what that? Yeah, it looked like somebody was like sniping every time somebody was bidding. I was kind of watching it for a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, have strong feelings about JV Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, no, it was kind of cool. Because awesome. the Bidify, it was nice to see everything in that one one spot. So I have a link to it that everybody can see. Is how you know how it was re- reported and recorded and stuff like that. So people can see how all this works. You're a leader in a lot of this stuff. You're doing the first time stuff so like this Bidify. I'm sure other artists will start using that and. You know, just the way you did it was really good. Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, Bitify, they were, they've been great to, to work with. There's, they're kind of the only game in town. I know you guys know Jess um, with mm-hmm. Codex, and yeah. they're working on some stuff with auctions. Um, but um, I've, I have enjoyed working with uh, Bitify. They, I wouldn't say that they're the uh, most tailored for doing um, like these fine art type of auctions, but they've been, they have been great to work with. And um, yeah, I think we, we're going to see more all sorts of art-related companies springing up, and it's exciting times. There's a lot, a lot happening right now. Yeah, this year is going to be pretty impressive uh, with the art and the blockchain. And um, let's see, let's get let's get back in to rewind a little bit. So, um, how did you get started in art, first of all, minus the blockchain? Um, I minus the blockchain. It's I've just kind of always done projects on the side. Um, it was I, I studied it in school. Um, but not, it wasn't a major, and I've just always been a, a creative guy. Um, and yeah, I, w- I didn't do it professionally prior to um, this blockchain-related work. Mm-hmm. So it was always kind of on a, a um, needed basis. So like when I moved to a new place and needed like a kitchen island or something, you know, I'd, I'd make it, and I'd try to have some creative twist to, to make it a, a fun piece. Um, so yeah, and I saw a need. So I guess sort of segueing into how I got into doing the art. Um, I, I come from uh, like a sales background out of college. I, was, I um, went straight into into sales, and I'm here in San Francisco. So kind of everything here is tech related. So it's tech sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went uh, from the startup world into doing my own startup and with doing your own startup there's a lot of design related things that need to be accomplished and so I was doing those and um, yeah and then while I was working on this startup um, a friend introduced me a friend who was doing some development work for me um, introduced me to the Bitcoin and so that um, sort of got me into the space I, I, I saw that there would just be a need for it in general um, and in order for it to uh, proliferate, that there need to be all different walks of life that were involved and understood it. Um, and I saw that being kind of a barrier um, in the complexities of the space, um, making it difficult for sort of the masses to, to grasp. Sure. Um, and yeah, so I, I really liked what it was all about and I saw just a ton of use cases for it and so um, I, I when juxtaposed with the startup that I was working on I sort of gravitating more and more toward 
toward uh, Bitcoin and the blockchain and cryptocurrencies and, and the list of what I was currently working on. About what year was that that you kind of made that segue? So the first like uh, Bitcoin-related art that I did was even before even knowing what it was. So for that developer, I needed a gift for him, and he was he was really into um, RC planes and Bitcoin. And so I made this little yeah. drawing um, of a Bitcoin symbol that had like propellers on it. Mm -hmm. That was way back in 2011. Nice. I didn't even know what it was. And um, then in 2012, and the thing is like when you're in San Francisco, you're kind of privy to a lot of like, stuff, even if you, you don't want to be you just like <laughs> walk outside and you're, there's, there's the Airbnb founder. It's just kind of everywhere, you know, yeah. Ukraine and everything that you do here. So um, you, you hear, you might hear more about a particular tech um, more than just the average Joe, and so it would it would pop up, and then it was on my radar after talking with this developer about it. Um, and then I saw there was like a couple Wired articles about it, and, and then um, I was reading about the Cassius coins, and I was thinking, okay, here's here's a tangible example. Here's this entirely digital concept, but there's a tangible example that people are gravitating to that that's pretty darn cool. So there's someone else. Uh, in the space that's doing a physical uh, concept mm. um, and that and that's what got me to make um, the I don't know if you saw there's this little uh, sculpture that has cut up Chase credit cards um, embedded in it in resin and so that's that was kind of uh, the first sort of banking related um, uh, cards piece mm. that I made um and yeah, so from there, um, I started phasing out um, the startup a bit and brainstorming was, was more, startup, and more on. Was the startup you were doing successful, or, or something you really wanted to do, or like, and like, or was it something like you were just doing, and this thing caught your attention more because it was like more part of what you wanted to do? It was a, a consumer product. I, I essentially thought I had like the next like slap bracelets. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> nice. It was like kind of like a modern take on lockets like where you can um, uh, wear a photo and so it, it married with a, a Facebook app hmm. so essentially you can you can wear an image and uh, then tell people through the Facebook app which image you're wearing and then why hmm. and then the, the lockets themselves could be worn at, on like a cell phone like a cell phone charm or like a on a bracelet or uh, a keychain. It was sort of a, a modular in a sense and had this kind of cool magnetic design. Anyway, so right. it was something physical also. And, um, and I, I, I thought, okay, if I could make the virality of a Facebook or a MySpace into a product, then, then that product would be viral. And it, it ended up being like a uh, popular looking crowd. <laughs> But then I saw like what, the next ten years of my life going to these scrapbooking conventions. So I was like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I will do that. So uh, by the time I so, got that so thing hold on, the ground, pause real quick. Crypto graffiti gave up scrapbook conventions for Bitcoin <laughs> conventions. <laughs> All right, that's that's headline news right there, and that, that was a good yeah. choice. We we appreciate exclusive. It. <laughs> yeah, these scrapbooking conferences, some of the worst haircuts I've ever seen. Oh, um, anyway, yeah, I just. Uh, I went with the two of those next to one another. It's not too difficult to see why I might be excited about crypto versus, sure. <laughs> versus the alternative. 
Um, uh, a lot of a lot of soccer mom stuff going on over there. I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine this locket concept at a, you know, at these conventions. Was that did you were you promoting that at the at these conventions? The the locket um, idea, the photo Facebook thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I dabbled okay. in, uh, in a couple before realizing that. Started from the... No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hold on. Like, just, uh, we've got to talk about other stuff, but you, I just kind of thought, like, what you're saying with that locket thing is kind of like... <laughs> a lot of people are doing the blockchain art thing and putting up things, or that they're trying to, or just starting this out, but they're, you know, put up a picture, a digital picture frame, and then they're trying to do like a live blockchain type thing or, or, or where the picture switches and all that stuff. So maybe you could get back in the lockets and blockchain it with different, uh, different, uh, right. you know, like a Dogecoin transaction live on your locket or something. You know? yeah. This might be a 360 move for you, Crypto. Your avatar, just have so. your avatars on your, on your, around your neck. <laughs> You're trying to drag me back in there. <laughs> we, we want Crypto no, Graffiti no, no. here yeah, in Bitcoin. I don't, right. don't live that life anymore. <laughs> Anyway, um, um, so you you did you were doing uh, some graffiti stuff in with with like the um like a Bitcoin uh, scan, QR code thing too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, 2013, um, there was just all sorts of things happening in my life at once. Where it's like once once you fall down the rabbit hole, you you the applications for the tech and kind of uh, everything. Even even with that that startup you know I, was, I did a, a kickstarter and just like the, the barriers of entry for doing the kickstarter like, you know the the friction and needing to sign up versus um you know this is pre a lot of ico type of stuff but just the idea that with with micro payments or being able to support projects just with like a qr code in this future where everyone sort of has a, a qr code at the ready where you know if you're in a a lift and you want to or you just something nice and then someone tips you really quickly uh, in some fashion and just sort of this positive reinforcement type of scenario um, where it's just easy to, to just give money you're, you're at a, a, an art exhibit and maybe you want to support the artist but you want to pay X amount for this particular piece that they happen to have right then and so bam quick little tip the artist and, uh, and show your support all these different um, use cases were coming up with under the uh, the promises of these microtransactions, which hasn't really played out yet. But um, yeah, so I started thinking of ways to combine art and and uh, crypto. And so I did a street art around uh, San Francisco and the Pacific Northwest, um, knowing that there probably wouldn't be much of a response in terms of people um, sending a crypto my way. I did get a few, which was which was cool. But again, partly probably because I'm here in, in the tech capital of the world. Um, yeah, so I would add a, a QR code to pieces that I put up and um, just experimenting in general, trying to, to see how these, because there really wasn't too much going on um, with art and the blockchain back then. You had a Jamie Dimon piece back then too, right? The, a UPay joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the chase. Jamie. Building. Um, yeah, so he's been uh, <laughs> <laughs> recurring news. Yeah, uh, that's cool. He had a Kool-Aid silk road drinking piece. Is... Uh, he had a bunch of stuff. Um, you can go like look at Crypto Graffiti's website. He's got the street art up there. Um, so, but were you a were you ever a traditional 
uh, street graffiti artist, or was that your first uh, time doing that type of stuff? I did some tagging in, in my youth, um, but I didn't keep up with it. You weren't part of a, a crew out there in the Bay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just uh, I had a, a cousin who was a bad influence, and sometimes we get together and do something. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's cool. Um, I got a question here. Um, fast forward a little bit. You were just uh, at the last Satoshi Roundtable, and the Satoshi Roundtable is put together by Bruce Fenton, and I, I, I don't know if anybody else, but I know he does it. And uh, I was wondering if you could give us a little scoop on that. It's pretty uh, exclusive uh, crypto crowd over there. Yeah, uh, it was great. This was my second year going, and Bruce has been really um, supportive of the art. There was a lot of art uh, intertwined with, with the conference uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Last year I spoke about um, why art is very important to this movement, and um, yeah, in general he's been, he's been great at bringing together... Uh, I know he catches some flack for it being kind of a private event, um, but it's not, uh, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's yeah. you know, that's the way that he, he likes to just run a smaller one. You know, there's, there's a bunch of huge ones already, and it's not like uh, people... Do you guys, you guys don't try to drink, like, uh, Sat- uh, Satoshi's Tears there or anything, or have, like, a... Vitalik's eyebrows in a stew? Motherfucker, say what? No cult, no cult stuff going on in there? Yeah, right. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> right. Margaritas. Um, no, no, it's, uh, it's just uh, a lot of uh, diverse minds coming together uh, from the space. And um, yeah, in terms of, oops, I don't know. There is talk, there's uh, a lot of talk around what's going on with Tether there. You can find that online. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's also yes, uh, yeah. There's in, it's called like an unconference format, so groups can break off and um, sort of have random discussions on a whim and and call over, uh, you know, put it up on a board, and whoever wants to come talk about this can go over to X location. Whoever wants to talk about this can go over to X location. So um, yeah, the common uh, there's no real. Like, common denominator to the talks or anything it's all across the board uh, but what I have found is that uh, people in general uh, at the conference do love love art which is really cool um, so they're open to a lot of uh, diverse types of thinking and I think art is included in that um, yeah grateful for it it seems to be like a, a spread where you were talking about you know, the micro payments to artists and these the idea that has been out there for so long that you know you could just you can just tip an artist you can do all these kinds of things these micro payments and it never has taken off it in a, in a way that people had anticipated yet people are willing to spend thirty three thousand dollars on these original pieces so where's the in where's the sweet spot what it, it, can you is there something that you've been able to discern that uh, why won't you tip, but you'll spend thirty-three thousand on a piece? And because you know, most of us we're we're really interested in getting an average person, like you were talking about earlier, interested in art and making you know modest uh, purchases to get you started. 
um, where, do, where do you think the sweet sweet spot is? And was that some of the thing that, you know, you, like you said, a lot of people were love art that were attending the, the round table. But I'd, yeah, I'd be interested in knowing how, how are artists going to get engaged in that and, and make a little bit of money where they're not necessarily going to, you know, They'd be happy. Some people be happy for two hundred dollars for yeah, for a totally. piece. Um, so, if, you, if there's anything you can, yeah. What's what's your what do you see with that going on? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, a. It's, it's still uh, early days. You know, um, a lot of this is still sort of uh, developing. And um, in general, I think it, it comes down to. Get your, getting your name out there a bunch. I think people want to pay well, on the low end with the, the micropayment stuff. I think a lot of that hasn't cut on, you know, because of what's been going on with the fee situation. Which, and, which, which by the way, this week they've, they're so, super low. They're right. Two cents yeah, a transaction today. today. All, all week I've been sending two cent transactions for like wow. XCPS. It's crazy. So refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's more of these platforms that are coming up whether they're digital or not uh, that are going to be able to uh, show themed artwork and um, yeah just about getting your name out there and sort of developing a reputation and just over time when people kind of see that you're uh, that an artist is committed to a particular style of, of work and in a space and that that helps their comfort level and wanting to invent in a piece. Do you think that you have to be a crypto-related artist to make that happen? Like, uh, I haven't seen a lot of, like, artists outside of doing crypto stuff get into this. Do you think that's happening or it's going to happen? Or do you think that the people with the Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, the people that are spending the money, do you think that they uh, just prefer uh, crypto art? Uh, well, it's a good question. I know um, Paddle 8 which um, the Winklevi, our investors, mm-hmm. just recently announced that they're going to be accepting crypto and they're looking to try and attract um, the crypto, this sort of new money to crypto crowd for an upcoming, I want to say, August event called yeah. Bitcoin. So um, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's uh, I've, I've been happy with the response you know, here in San Francisco uh, it's not really like a, a big art town I think some of that is because it's not like a flashy town like some, like Los Angeles and and um, Miami New York the areas where people show their wealth more tend to be mm-hmm. uh, more art uh, buying towns not so with San Francisco but with the I found with uh, the crypto crowd it's, it's, it tends to be people that just in general have like worldly views and and think like globally and it's sort of baked into the whole premise right and so with that comes uh like worldly type of uh, experiences and knowledge and appreciation for other cultures and arts and things like that um and so i i I, that's kind of the the good news and in terms of scaling it from work at different price points yeah you know i think that's going to be uh all in good time it'll get more platforms for getting the art out there and um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's starting to happen. Yeah. Um, real quick, when I say this word, I just want to give you. I want you to give me a quick response to whatever comes to your mind. All right. <clears throat> Bcash. Um, <laughs> you cut out a little bit, so I guess not. Say it again. Bcash. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
just a one-word response? I don't know. A response. Whatever is it got. Uh, just, comes to whatever um, comes to mind. Beat their own, I'll say. Okay. It's, uh, it's not my, my corny choice, but... Um, do, no. Do you do you consider yourself do you consider yourself a troll? <laughs> uh, is this related to memes of done? I mean, yeah, you know, I, the, 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 you know, as people <laughs> listen here probably are familiar that crypto is you know very meme oriented, and you, you know you're a me- yeah. I see memes coming out of you, especially lately in the Twitter and uh, everybody. I mean, every the memes are stepping up all all over the place. Yeah, maybe I guess um, I try to, to only uh, meme troller type of stuff for projects that I may not back. So there's sort of a your answer on, on what <laughs> I think about that particular one. Very PC. If I think that there's anything like shady going on with the project, then I, I won't hold back on on some of the memes. I guess. Um, so yeah, it's uh, never a dull moment. It's not. It's not. Um, I saw you actually. You made a, a paper wallet with uh, Nareej from Coin Center on there. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was that was pretty cool. Uh, what, how, what what can you give us a story behind that? Oh, uh, I just really like what Coin Center is doing. I think they're important for the ecosystem, and I just randomly went so Nareej's last name was Agrawal, and I don't know. I'm like obviously a visual person. I'm an artist. And somehow, Agra Wallet came into my mind. I was oh, like, oh, man. Just got to make these. I've made a few paper wallets over the years, and that one was kind of a, an easy one. And so I did a... Don't worry if you donated to them, then you can get an Agra Wallet. They're still trickling in. I just had one the other day. This guy messaged me on, on Twitter saying, hey, is it still too late? I'm like, all right, just, like, I'll send you one. That's cool. Did, <laughs> did, did you send one to uh, Nareej, too, and the Coin Center people, or...? Yeah, yeah. He wanted uh, if he came out to his whole family for, for Christmas. Nice, nice. <laughs> what if I? What are the top five crypto currencies, tokens, etc. that you are excited about? Um, obviously, um, the big one, uh, the Bitcoin, uh, Rain Supreme. Um, I like Monero. A lot of this is just coming from going to different conferences and stuff and meeting with the people and like having this gut like sense of not only in, in reading about it online, but, but talking with them and like, are these, do these just seem like good people? <laughs> and, uh, Decred definitely up there. Um, Monero as well. I think Litecoin is also, um, uh, Good. What are we at now? Four. Yep. Um, give us a, no, give, us a give us a, a one that maybe some people don't know about. If you got something off your radar that you're excited about, maybe it's a new newer one. I don't know if you follow it like that. Hmm. Good question. I don't know. What are you, you guys tell me? What's your what are some art related ones that you're into lately? Um. I mean, I. I like for ease of artists, the easiest way to get into it, I think, as a user and not being a crypto person is Counterparty and it uses Bitcoin. Yeah. So I love Counterparty. I love the people there because they're not scammers either. You know, they're, they're really, they don't, they didn't even make any money when they started it. You know, they burnt Bitcoin to start it. It's like, 
Yeah, that's a big thing to me. Get, uh, uh, the coins that are kind of more organic. Like that's why I like I like the rare Pepe's because it started off all organic, same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I like the XCP stuff personally. I've been watching Art Bite, uh, right? Mostly because it mm-hmm. just because that's what they what they do. I like that they. Um, showcase artists once a week and they get the coin and so i I've, I've been following following them for for a little while and i i like their uh their approach but they're you know they've been uh stepping it up recently i, I want to see you do a fluffy pony piece man with the monero <laughs> shout out there <laughs> <laughs> i do have a concept for i wanted to make their logo out of like a, a thumbprint um, nice. I don't know, Ring signatures. The, the drawing. Yeah, fingerprints. That's dope. The, I don't know, that's some con- concept in, in mind, but yeah, yeah, he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's, um, he's a good, he's a he's he's one of those trolls that are, are good trolls. Very <laughs> positive troll, seriously. Because he trolls himself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he even has his, uh, his, uh, yeah, Max Eight Roadmap. He's a 2023, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. the Scam Max Eight. All mapped out. Yep. You've been using. Um, did I catch in a different episode? You're using the counterparty for some of your music. Yeah, yeah. I got. Um, so we we do uh, a couple of my. So the rare Pepe cards we've made. Uh, some of them uh, have access. Like that's a big thing I like about crypto in general is the tokens you can give exclusive access to. You know stuff. So. I, uh, me and Joe Looney uh, collaborated pretty much to make DJ Pepe was the first one to give it. So I, um, you know, people that own the token can listen to music that, you know, you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. And uh, so we've been experimenting with that. And actually, we have a little project we're working on that hopefully uh, we can share soon. DJ Pepe is a. He has Cubert as his uh, yeah, yeah. His image, right? That, uh, yeah, yeah, I took Cubert and, and Pepe to Mal because uh, Scratch Pickles are like my biggest influence. Uh, so, you know, and that's, yeah, that's a Bay Area right there. So, shout out to the Bay. About that time, folks, for us to bring to you one of the world's greatest and most innovative DJs in the world, DJ Yeah, I got to go to a bunch of the DMCs in early mm-hmm. 2000s and see them. Yeah, man. I, 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 back in the day, I judged. I never was a, a the greatest battler, but I judged a bunch of like cool mix, Vestex, uh, DMC joints, and uh, I've seen Cubert a couple of times. But I was jealous. He was here in Baltimore. Not jealous. I don't get jealous, but I was a little envious of my friend DJ Rags, who was a sick ass turntables, and he got to pick up Cubert last year, take him and talk to him all the way to Baltimore and did. Like Cubert was, Cubert's a real cool guy, but you know he's the king of turntablism. Rags is, is nasty, but he didn't really know Rags as well. So when Rags went on before him, he was you know the car ride up I think was okay, but then when he saw <laughs> Rags get busy, he was like oh shit, and he just you know he's like so cool like he you know he was just like oh shit you you know like he's just a real humble dude you know so <laughs> it was tight. Yeah, I, I, so my buddy just got to kick it with him and. Uh, Cubert's the legend. So that's why DJ Pepe is done after Cubert. And D- DJ Cubert, or any of the Scratch Pickles, if you're ever listening to this, I will always give you a DJ Pepe whenever you want. 
have, they've been tech forward for a long time. I'm, it wouldn't surprise me if they were involved in the, in the crypto scene in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mixmaster Mike's been talking to aliens since, since the 90s. <laughs> uh, you're cutting out a little bit, man. What was it about Mixmaster Mike? Uh, I was saying Mike's been talking to the aliens since the 90s too. So, I mean, it's very, oh, very right, futuristic right. over there. <laughs> and uh, you know they were yeah. they were doing the healthy diets and all that stuff, man. No caffeine. Like I mean, they were uh, they've always been ahead of the game in a lot of these uh, new wave right. everything. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There's. I I can't wait to see more happen on the the music front too. I've always thought it'd be so, especially with like uh, like I'm a big house head. I love house music and mm-hmm. just. What kind it's, of house? Uh, deep, yeah. uh, tribal tech house. Yeah. Sort of, um, not like the EDM stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> hey. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, deep house is shit. Soulful, man. Need that soul, man. Yeah. Funk. <laughs> and so, like, the margins for some of these, you know, these guys aren't making a lot of money. Um, and so... You know, it's, it seems like, imagine you go to see a DJ live and there's some type of like Shazam type of integration where um, with like micropayments where you can find out what track DJ's playing live, just instantly get a cut, not only for, for the DJ for playing it, but then it goes to the producer as well. And then also for whatever uh, platform is um, where you can purchase the, the track right then and there. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna put an air horn on that because seriously, that, that's like the you know, that's, that's that's the future. I hope. I mean, that's 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 the only yeah. way it's gonna make that's sense. Where it's gotta go, and like the artists, y'all, anyway, listening, y'all gotta pay attention because that's you know what what crypto you do just the and incredible. You do the sound effects in post. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll, do for, it'll do for any word, right? Yeah, man. I'm gonna fuck up the whole shit. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me try one here. All right. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a lot of water running through that. A lot of wetness. <laughs> People will turn it off now. <laughs> oh. Everybody's moist listening to crypto graffiti right now. It's all good. Yo. How about, <laughs> how about this? I'll, I'll help you out then. Subscribe. <laughs> We're getting busy over here. Um. So. Yeah, um, yeah. The music is music and the art, man. I, I, I've, I feel like the tide's turning a little bit in crypto. Like everybody's, you know, talking all the real estate. Med- I mean, people are still talking real estate, medical, and all that stuff. But the big thing right now, I'm seeing everybody, you know, all the way down is, is art and blockchain and music and blockchain. It seems to be a big thing right now. So I'm excited about that. I hope. Uh, I hope more artists that aren't just like techies, like with the Fruity Loops and trying to make like music and get that going. Like we need to get the real musicians that are, you know, giving you that uh, those memories and the real artists that are giving you these memories and you know uh, get them on board. That that's how this is really going to take off. Right, right. We need uh, like a relatively known name with the. A- a great use case besides just investing in it, you know. Absolutely. Um, and then I think uh, that'll help. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to do the, this podcast is there is so much going on, it's hard to keep tabs on everything. And so I'm also interested in the music stuff and to have, you know, while I'm making art, to be able to play it in the background here, you guys keeping tabs on it is a, is a good thing because it's hard to, 
pretty good tales and all this. Absolutely, that's dope. Night, we got the cosine right here with that <laughs> air horn from Crypto Defeat. <laughs> Um, I'd like to see, honestly, we, as we continue that conversation, is like Nipsey Hustle, who's from Cali, he did the uh, Thousand Print CD a couple years ago, and he, I think he made $100,000. It sold out quick as shit. And like, he's in crypto. Like, I, but like, he's the type of guy that could really, you know, you know, do that because he's he's shown already that rare music he's into it's like people like that need to come out snoop dogg is kind of past his prime a bit but you know he still has international fans you know 50 cent uh, some of the younger guys though um like well, but the thing thing about even with snoop dogg or any of those those guys they can bring up a whole new you know group of people that have only smart contracts that they don't have to deal with the label you know, because right now I, I'm convinced that a lot of the reluctance or hesitancy for, for musicians in particular and, and maybe artists who are directly related with the gallery is the contract that they have that is, uh, you know, archaic in its, in its design. And you don't want to, if you if you do anything like this, you might be in breach of your contract. Right. And so if anybody that can be independent and really can start something on their own. And a lot of these young guys are independent, though, you know? Yeah. Like the Mac Millers and people like that. Like, yeah. You know, like, that's another guy. Mac Miller's always been pretty uh, ahead of his time. Like, the, the, Yeah. Yeah, and with, you know, um, some of it is, there's, like, barriers, monetarily speaking, with, with the contracts and getting attorneys involved and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. now with the younger generation, it's, it's just, it could be just a... A knowledge barrier, you know, and being able to them to grasp how these smart contracts work and put them into play. So, yeah, um, yeah, like with you know, on the art side too, it's, there's some exciting possibilities with artists not needing to die in order to be able to make some money. Exactly. You know, yeah. With yeah. the smart contracts, where right now it is it is feasible with getting a bunch of attorneys involved, and um, but not feasible feasible for for one's wallet or purse so yeah um yeah a lot of a lot of cool stuff happening that that if we can overcome this knowledge barrier which is what a lot of my art has has tried to do you know get get people to turn their head to this space and try and deep dive more because it is very complex and how how can we distill this down into imagery that that will get people to take notice and, and help understand it better then uh and we'll get the, the network effect going. Definitely. Are, are you are you familiar with Grammatic? Yeah. No what, crypto. Yeah. Um. What what is he's pretty big. He's he's doing some some stuff with crypto. I haven't heard much since last year, but yeah, I, don't, just, I don't know if you have any. If he was he a Satoshi Roundtable ever or anything? No. Uh, YT Cracker was there. Okay. Um, but I'm sure. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. If, uh, I, and I'm, I haven't kept close. I know Kravetic uh, is a, a big advocate. You know, he's, he's wearing the crypto shirts and he's going around and he, even if you know, he has the young crypto handle and he's, he's he's pushing it. But And he has his own coin too, right? Yeah, that's we, we covered it a couple of episodes ago. He had, some, he had launched something. I think it was even a coin to invest 
you know, he, he I think he might pay out. I don't want to call it dividends. I don't know how it worked exactly, but you know, he, you know, a you return. a return on the, investing in the artist as they grow. And if you get in, you know, it's kind of like being a consumer A and R. If you you got into uh, you know something early, then you know if it grows like a stock, then you would you would uh, benefit off of it. Right. So, I think that's a that's a cool little cool little way to do stuff. Not sure how all the legalities work with it, but that's why we have Cynthia, our lawyer friend, right here. So. Well, that's the interesting legal thing counsel is, of AOTV. Is that people try to emulate things that already exist, and you know, this is an opportunity to come up with a whole new way of doing things. You know, and and the attorneys, while we like to see things be comfortable with what's already out there, if it's not working, something else has to, you know, something else has to come up. All right. Seems like your job is the, the most sure ma- way to make money in this space. <laughs> Lawyers, yeah, we need CPAs. What? Well, they're getting slammed. Uh, attorneys, it seems that uh, well, first they're getting you know slammed with with work, but they're also getting slammed because you can't really predict. You know, as an attorney, right. you can do give as much advice as you possibly can, but it it's not a predictor. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's there's the there's so much gray area too. It, it, I don't. Yeah, it's hard for everybody. It's hard for except the regulators who just you know move the goalpost. <laughs> just say, oh, we've decided that this is now the criteria. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole separate podcast you could do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, what's up uh, with the shirts and stickers, man? I know you got a sticker pack out there that's pretty popular, and your shirts are <laughs> some of the best. Yeah, I'll send you guys some. Um, it's sort of a uh, what I'll do in downtime. Uh, do like the fine art stuff and then I, I did it back started a few years ago um, I was doing some traveling I kind of wanted to just go and this was back when the, the whole remittance space was going to be really really hot and it, and it is still developing but again the, the fees have slowed it down a little bit but there are still a lot of cool companies working on um, the remittance space and I, I just I wanted to go and sort of see firsthand. Um, outside of this San Francisco bubble, in the sense, how other people would would take to the tech, and so I went to uh, Central and South America, and I went around just sort of getting people's feelings about about uh, cryptocurrency in general and explaining it. And while I was doing this traveling, I wasn't um, in an art studio. I just kept making these <laughs> these designs and these shirts, and um, so. God, I'm up to like 90 or something now and it's sort of a, an addiction because if I have some stupid phrase or something that I think would be funny on a shirt and then I'll, then I'll set aside what I'm doing take a break and, and go and bang it out um, yeah it's been my attitudes uh, in a sense because <laughs> it helped fund yeah. the, the other art while that was getting off the ground that's a good way to get, get people with not a lot of money to buy your art too I mean yeah. That's a reasonable purchase. Right. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. getting different price points for, for people who want to have some sort of design or art-related stuff. The, the HODL design that you have, this, the sculpture, that was a sculpture originally, right? Yeah, the Robert Indiana design, the Love, love Sculpture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In right. fact, yep. in fact, can you tell us about that process? Like, I mean, that, that to me is one of the biggest uh, iconic uh, art pieces in crypto. Yeah, um, I did a show a 
couple years ago where I invited some other uh, crypto artists. Um, you might know uh, Coin Artist and mm-hmm. um, Troy from Crypto Art, um, and then Max with Kiolara Coins. Um, and um, yeah, and Matt Zipkin, who makes the, the Bitcoin block clock. I invited some oh, artists yeah. to come to San Francisco for a show. Um, and around that time a little bit before then I was I was focusing on on work that was sort of like pop art related that that would that was sort of a play on things that uh, concepts that people are already familiar with and so kind of stemmed from doing the, the the bank logos and slapping up the, the street art on the on the banks um, it was something that uh, I wanted people to sort of catch in the corner of their eye and oh, I, I recognize that wait wait what's, what's hmm. BTC what is on the side of a city bank, and what is this all about? Um, and so, the same thing is sort of my desire to get uh, people um, interested in the work with like a, an anchor to something that they already might know. And so, for instance, I did a piece on um, uh, Federal Reserve money bags entitled uh, "Bitcoin Signs." It was kind of a play on Warhol's um, dollar signs, and um, um, and I guess sort of the underlying theme was ultimately I, I want this technology to, to become popular like the pop art so um, yeah it was, uh, that and then the the hodl sculpture was was a piece from from that exhibit where, where is the hodl sculpture at now um, it's with uh, with an exchange I don't know if they I think they probably wouldn't mind if I said that but just in case it's mm-hmm. just with a a crypto exchange. So they purchased it and they they own it. Basically, it's not on display or anything. Yep. Well, we need we need to get a we need to get a Bitcoin museum started soon. Oh man, yeah, that'd be yeah. Awesome. yeah. And in reality or virtual? No, I mean reality. Yeah. Like I, I I know well, both. You can have both there, but I mean yeah. I know. Um, I remember uh, somebody in a while ago was saying they were collecting all the early miners. They were collecting all the miners. They were collecting all the all the paraphernalia. There's one guy. I don't know if he wants me to say his name either, so I'm not going to say it, but, you know, he had yeah, the butterfly labs miners, the butt boxes, the, all that stuff. And, you know, that... It would be so great. Yeah, that's, that's got to happen. All these pieces. Yeah, and, of course, there would be a lot of crypto graffiti pieces in that. <laughs> For real, though. So I want this bank is pretty. The bank's nice. I like the Bitcoin bank. That was ah. very nice. I like I like those. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, to my left right now, I'm sitting next to hundreds of just old school ceramic like, piggy banks I'm gonna be using in oh. in a future piece. Mm-hmm. Sort of a um, break though. Have you seen? You guys familiar with Ai Weiwei, the Chinese yeah. artist? Mm-hmm. He's a he's yeah. there at the uh, Hirshhorn. He has a exhibit there at the Hirshhorn now in D.C. The Smithsonian. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a kind of an iconic uh, photograph of him. Um, well, I guess it's three photographs of, of him dropping um, ancient Chinese vases from hundreds of years ago, and so <laughs> I want to do the same thing except. Uh, me holding these piggy banks as I'm dropping them. Nice. <laughs> well, that'd be that'd be pretty nice because that is pretty very very famous. And I, you know, personally, it was like, oh my god, how could you do that? 
but I understood, I understood the, the meaning of it, the significance of it. It's like, don't be more concerned about these, these objects than you are about people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, his documentary is also super, super cool. Yeah. Never saw it. Uh, I got to check that out. I'm... No, it's really, it's, it's really kind of a important, I think, to understand a lot of what's going on and understand artists. You you did the uh, the Silk Road piece with the uh, the camel guy. Uh, were you ever a Silk Road visitor? Uh, no, but I am very passionate about uh, issues surrounding um, the drug war and um, privatized prisons. Yes. So um, yeah, I wanted to do something that. When I was making that, uh, it was right around the, the four-year anniversary of Ross's incarceration, um, and I was also watching um, a documentary on the Silk Road. There's a few of them out there, and so I was re-watching those, and I just I wanted to do something. I'd always wanted to do a piece that um, related to him and, and have some portion of the proceeds for uh, the sale of it go to go to Free Ross. So, yeah, my take on the uh, situation was to do something that was kind of quasi-legal, you know, much like his situation. I think he's um, a hero in many ways. I think they really try to make an example of him. Um, Two consecutive life So, yeah, sentences. the piece, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's, it's the Silk Road logo, the camel, um, and it's made just from drugs. And so by auctioning or selling this piece um i guess in a sense selling drugs would also be questionable as to whether or not it, it was legal um so yeah it was uh my wanting to do something yeah. to address his, his situation and um yeah so in dealing with the organization you you realize that it just it's just, you're speaking directly with his mom, and it just kind of hits close to home how real all of this is. It, uh, it was, um, yeah, it was just a direct line into, into his situation and working on that piece. The alleged mastermind goes by the nickname. But yeah, I got into uh, the Silk Road also, not not as a user, but being uh, just intrigued by the whole situation as well. That's how I got yeah. into crypto and. Went down that rabbit hole. So uh, me and my friends actually made a Silk Road album back in 2014 where we just, it was just, yeah, we were just inspired by uh, the, you know, I was a noob back then, so I would do it different now, but, you know, it was all crypto and Silk Road related, drug related, and uh, so yeah, we, uh, we made that, and I was trying to figure out how to even get into crypto at that time, and I, you know, sell the album for crypto or do the free ross.org thing all that stuff and uh i had super problems because i was just new I, d- I wasn't in any type of crypto community i didn't know any tech people so i, I went down the rabbit hole and you know, that's kind of how i got into it too did you uh send your your work to lynn no actually um i just got in touch with her so i'm gonna do all that um my, my friend actually hooked me up with her uh this a few days ago, so uh, I'm gonna try to make that happen. I'm trying to get Lynn on the show actually, and uh, give a um, go through it all a little bit with her too. So. 
Yeah, you might know that Ross has been doing some artwork um, while exactly. incarcerated. And yeah. then she mentioned that uh, she was going to show the, the work that I did to him, and so that you know, I'm sure awesome. she would do the same with uh, your recording. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. So we, uh, you know, that was a big thing in crypto. I think that's this what is everybody. A mess. Yeah, well, it's such a touchstone because that everybody looks back to that. Yeah. Not familiar. Even when you go to a else. Bitcoin meetup still, sometimes it'd be people like, oh, what about the Silk Road? What's up? Yeah. Like, like really? This is... It was like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, it was an important part of of uh, the history of the state. You know, I mean, sure. adoption alone. Yeah. A lot of people make connections on on the dark web through Bitcoin. It seems like the early community members, a lot of them, uh, know each other through that. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody not familiar with the Silk Road and living under a rock, obviously, you can Google that. There's documentaries out there. You can donate to FreeRoss.org and all types of stuff. Um, and if you're in D.C. on March 1st, you can. Uh, grab some stuff uh, that we will be printing out about that. Um, what, in transition off, what, what is the future of art and blockchain? I know we discussed some of it here, but I mean, like, what do you, what is the big picture? What are you looking at that's exciting over the next couple of years? Um, per, 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 personally, I, I feel like I can branch out more um, with Involving the actual tech uh, within my work, I've sort of just been head down, you know, in, in uh, uh, physical concepts. Mm-hmm. I've done some like melting between the two, but not not a lot. Um, but I'm just fascinated by um, some of the ideas that are out there, and I think more and more we're going to see some interesting uses of uh, of combining the two. Um, I don't, I haven't done much in the digital realm, and I know you guys are. Um, uh, experimenting there and, and there's a lot of cool uh, projects that are popping up with uh, the verifiably limited edition yeah. um, cards and um, so yeah there's, there's a lot of uh, exciting things and innovations happening and um, I don't know if you caught recently there was this crypto all-stars yeah, project yeah. that sort of went down in, in flames but is trying to be resurrected now and um, I think it'd be cool to try and do something where it, it melds the physical and and well I don't think there's been too much done there yet um, but verifiably limited actual tangible artwork um, yeah. where there's a um, corresponding digital component to it as well mm-hmm. um, so yeah you know it's People gotta. Uh, people, we gotta. Uh, we gotta get developers to create. To you know, this is not easy, but because a lot of people are working on. It, but we gotta get people to the where the the private key can be created by the person that buys it. Because otherwise, that's the hardest part to me to figure out. Because if I make a private, right. if I make it and give it to you, you know. I could change it, you know. There's, there's, it's just, it's just the trust barrier there. Yeah, so we got, it's got to be trustless still. So like that's, that's kind of the barrier. I, I, so many people are working on it. I, I'm confident that uh, something's going to happen with that. 
I like I like yeah, the open dime stuff too. Like I like how I don't know if you use the open dime, but you know you create a private key just by uploading some JPEGs, drop some JPEGs on a, a USB that you use a J, you know, a, a JPEG of your own thing where it's not even on the internet. It's like it makes a hash right, and then you can tell if it's been uh, used. Yeah, right? exactly. You have, like so if you, and this is something that you might even be interested in. Like if you created a piece that was the private key, or to get the private key, you had to destroy it. You know what I mean? Right. So that that's some stuff I know that uh, people are interested in. Like uh, one guy in the rare Pepe chat made a sculpture of some sort, and he put a rare Pepe in its head. Or a, a, an open dime rare Pepe token in its head. So, like, to get the private key out, so if you wanted to sell that rare Pepe, you would have to destroy the the sculpture. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys brought up the uh, the Bitcoin uh, ceramic uh, thing, the fourth one thing that I made. Yeah. That was one of the con the ideas with that with them. The, so that was that was a 3D printed 3D printed porcelain, and hmm. um, one of the Ideas was to, to do that was have a on the inside of the of the porcelain have the private key in there. So it, should you want to release uh, the actual worth, the digital worth of of the bank, then you'd have to break it. Right, right. Um, yeah, man. There's something there's, to be said for how? that because I've done that. I have old piggy banks, and I had to crack it open, and it made it very serious. Yeah. How much did I want <laughs> that money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was that private uh, key yeah. created for that porcelain? Oh, I, I didn't do it. But, uh, oh, okay, okay. That's yeah, an that's idea that. But yeah, no, it comes up. Um, so I, with that diamond piece, um, I've wanted to do to kind of expand on this store of value concept with it. And so, if I were to do prints, um, it would be great to then have those those prints also have a, a corresponding wallet. And so, yeah. um, I think what we're gonna try and, and do is just do custom like one off for each print do a run of 50 or 100 or something and then uh, have the user supply their own uh, um, their own information if they want to have it be a store of value mm. so yeah there's there's a uh, cool concept and a lot of a lot of room for exploration I, I love how it's just early days and just even on the phone here we're talking about how to suss out uh, some cool concepts and, and combining um, with, with the artwork Definitely. Well, um, is there anything you want to promote or anything? We gotta we gotta wrap it up here soon. It's been a good convo, but uh, fortunately, studio time ends here soon. I gotta um, go, I gotta go pick up my son. <laughs> Life has now re-entered the room. Yeah. So yeah. What's, right. Yeah. What, what's something that uh, crypto graffiti can shill to the audience? The you know, I, I kind of am in this down time now after doing a, a couple conferences and there's not much in terms of, of promotion. Just in general, um, brought it up earlier, Point Center is great. <laughs> you yeah. need to promote, promote something. Um, they're local yeah, too, pointcenter.org here in D.C. Right, Lobbying they're, they're, for our rights. <laughs> I don't know. Um, just artists in general in this space, you know, if... Uh, there, Jeff has kind of a, a master list with, with Codex. If, if you're finding this intriguing at all uh, and want to um, you know, learn more about other artists doing cool stuff, 
um, obviously this podcast is, is a good start. And then if you want uh, kind of a, a very exhaustive list of projects going on, um, then I would, I would point to her uh, writing. And I think she even has just kind of like a comprehensive master list of what's going on in the space. So, yeah, the more that we can involve all different walks of life uh, in this technology, the more people will reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and people learn in different ways. And, um, you know, I think there's definitely something to be said for uh, maybe the programmer type of mindset versus other types of uh, artists and, and the way that they think and the way that they internalize things. And um, but I think it is important for for uh, this whole movement to, to grow and have a lot of different type of people involved and so yeah support the arts in general that's kind of my my plug oh. well you sound like a good dude man a very humble and very talented guy man we, we appreciate it talking to you well thank you guys thank for you having much. me I, I uh, enjoyed it and uh, maybe we could do it again sometime absolutely so alright well signing off uh, appreciate it Crypto Graffiti and you guys make sure y'all check out CryptoGraffiti.com and there will be much more